and welcome to the Wage on Taylor Patriot Report. Today is Tuesday, June 29th, 2021, and it is about 12.17 a.m. in and around Ferry County, Washington. This is Episode 9 of Season 3, and I'd like to thank you for continuing to listen in for those who are returning. And if this is your first time, welcome. I hope you find something that you're looking for here. If you'd like to know more about us or the pamphlet, go ahead and head on over to www.thepamphlet.net. And there you can find all of our previous digital editions of the pamphlet. It's a monthly publication about liberty, freedom, and the struggle to preserve it. We are a donation-based publication, and users, local and abroad, uh, support us, and that helps cover our ink and paper costs and helps us continue to to publish the pamphlet, uh, not only here in the Highlands, but also throughout the United States and also uh, digitally throughout the world. So once again, thank you for tuning in, and let's get right into it. So lately, it is, of course, crunch time for me uh, in that I'm, I'm producing the, the, the pamphlet and it needs to be done, edited, done, ready for digital distribution to our Patreon individuals um, on the first, uh, first thing in the morning. So that is what I am busy uh, working on. In addition, our Patreon subscribers also get a newsletter, which I am busy producing uh, as we speak. And we also have a bit of a, a get-together coming up here uh, in, in Republic for those who are supporters of the pamphlet. And uh, that's happening on the 3rd of July, and we're producing some special things for that. If you haven't RSVP'd yet, please do so. Your time is, is running short to secure a place. So and with that, uh, thank you, and... Um, welcome if this is your first time. So one of the key things that I've been running into continuously throughout my research is uh, a correlation between the the loss of a morality of a people and the loss of, of liberty. And it seems to be that a responsible population does not require many rules as they pretty much police themselves. Their moral code, if you will, ends up being their own police force. So if you have a morally good people, or, or at least a people with a, a moral compass system that, that preserves law and order through self-desire to, to fit in with that, within that community, certainly you will always have outliers, and there's a, a judicial system for that. But one of the persistent things that I saw or continue to see as I study history is there's this, this cycle, um, a cycle of humanity, if you will. If you, a government is formed, and people are pretty happy with that government because they just formed it, and it fits the purpose of protecting that people against either invaders or whatnot and allows those people to pretty much live their life however they want as long as they don't really interfere with one with another's liberty. And when they do, there's a chief or a, you know, a, a justice system of some sort that, that steps in and, and passes judgment and, and creates a new law. Well, 
over time, these new laws start to, to add up. So if, if a people were to stay morally on a, a certain level, then the, the laws would not necessarily change too much because, uh, again, there wouldn't be too many needs for those laws. But then as society progresses and the morality decreases, i.e. certain things are a little bit more acceptable in the general populace, then there's more need for, for rules to police certain behavior because people aren't policing themselves. And this is at least justification from the government and the people. Uh, when, when people are giving away their own responsibility because they don't want to take on that responsibility, what they're doing is actually taking on more, more slavery because government takes it upon itself to, to step in. And people, because they don't want to police themselves, are, are okay with that. So laziness, in, in essence, while a person is enjoying their liberty, actually allows liberty to ebb away over time. One of the examples I like to use is the, what we refer to as the, the greatest generation, the generation of those from, from World War II. Now, considering that this particular generation had a wow, a, a resolve about them and ability to persevere through difficult times that stands out from, from among other generations even. And one of that, the things that caused that is look at what where this generation came from. It essentially was bred from the Great Depression. It were a period where it was difficult to get any work and most people were poor, and people had to fight and scrape for an existence and a living, and they didn't take anything for granted. It, this created a very hardy stock of individuals. Now, they went to battle against the Nazi powers and the Japanese forces in, in, in a very brutal war, where not only were, were countless... Tr troops and military uh, combatants killed, but innocent civilians on a scale that hadn't been seen in, in modern history uh, just completely boggled the minds of humanity on how much death could occur in a short period of time. But this generation was able to overcome that and rally around that to preserve the nation and the ideas behind the nation, and also that the ideas behind the entire Western world of liberty and freedom, which led, of course, to the, the International uh, Declaration on Human Rights, where we all codified natural law. The, the entire world recognized that, hey, humanity, as a human being, you have the right of predetermination, self-determination, of to think, to, to speak, to have religion, um, you know, these fundamental things you, you are, are now codified. And, and these things came from that greatest generation. But on the heels of that war and all of that devastation and terror and loss and all of the broken hearts was a strong desire to give their children everything that they did not have, to provide all of the opportunity 
possible, all the bounties of civilization to the next generation so that they could then thrive. But that's not what happened. You see, an interesting thing happens to humanity when everything is provided to them or when things are easy. They tend to take them for granted and don't utilize their, um, their what they have. They tend to just ignore it. So this generation became quite self-absorbed. And when they had children, the family values that they were raised with were not a priority in raising their children. The children were more of a nuisance. And the TV became a babysitter. And children can just be turned away for hours at a time while the parents did their own self-absorbed things and argued amongst themselves. For many people in my generation, we grew up with parents who had some challenges. They were the children of that greatest generation, and they didn't exactly display the same qualities as their parents did, for whatever reason. So we didn't receive <clears throat> the, the instructions on how to be good parents. I had to learn the hard way, and I made a lot of mistakes. And I'm sure that a lot of parents in my generation did the same thing. So we had a lot of children who really did not turn out that good. And, and a lot of, of, of us um, really had some challenges in a lot of different ways. And ultimately, though, those struggles uh, it tend to, to make us into better people, I believe. And maybe, just maybe, our children can be the generation that saves the world. So I'd like to invite you to focus on that younger generation wherever possible. And I, you can do that by attending your local school board meeting. And that's important. You may not think that it is, but that's where the decisions that are made concerning the children in the area's youth. Now, certainly there are plenty of children who are homeschooled and they're getting quality educations without the biased um, insane things that are mandated. So there is some people who are, are growing up and getting the full true history. But there is also individuals who don't have that, and their only chance for an education is the public system. And we owe it to those individuals to provide them with the finest quality education that can be a, provided in a public setting. So we need to go to our school board meetings when they're held, whether it be once a month, every other week. I don't know what it is in your area, but check it out. Find out when they are and just show up and listen. And if you have the opportunity to talk, let, let the people know what you think. Let your uh, elected servants know what you think. And start engaging. Start trying to, to shape that education, to, to mold it into a, a vision of all of America, not just a limited few points that are capitalized on and spread on mainstream news. There's so much more to America than just simple talking points and painting a broad brush that one size fits all. We're all so much more different and so much more beautiful than that. And we need to make sure 
important that our school system, above all else, respects that so that our children from all diverse backgrounds can feel welcome and can feel that they can hold on to their individual culture, their individuality, and be respected for the beautiful piece of uniqueness that they are. The greatest generation ever in history to be is right now the youth on this planet. They will be responsible for preserving our way of life or ensuring that the last nails of the coffin of civilization are placed and we go back and start over in some new way after the chaos tears us down a few notches. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for sticking around to the next segment. If you appreciate what we're doing, consider becoming a Patreon subscriber. That way you can help support the mission of the pamphlet to spread true history and hope to all those who want their liberty and freedom preserved. You can do this by going over to patreon.com forward slash the underscore pamphlet. And there you'll find our page where you can subscribe. The lowest subscription is $3 a month where you can have exclusive early access to our digital edition as well as our newsletter and other exclusive behind-the-scenes insights. If you'd like to do other things, then head on over to the pamphlet at www.thepamphlet.net and check us out. All right, let's get back into it. So around here, we're in the middle of a pretty unprecedented heat wave. It's, it's hot. Um, it's, it's in the hundreds. I, I believe we have uh, 108 uh, for the next couple of days on deck. And I know uh, Phoenix gets hotter. And a lot of places in the southwest um, get hotter. But the Canadian border is about 30 minutes north of me. And I'm in the mountains. It's not supposed to get this hot up here. But it, it does on rare, rare, rare occasion. But this is, this is different. This is about a week and a half of uh, a nice little inferno. And we're surrounded by billions of matchsticks called trees. And uh, this is a worrying situation. But um, that, that being said, uh, for the most part, people are being pretty responsible and not lighting any fires and not, not doing anything stupid. Uh, and there's really not a lot, uh, not a lot to do. It's just too darn hot to, to get out and, and work for the most part. If you, if you got to get something done, it's, it's got to be done, um, or, or, oh, dark early. And, um, uh, other than that, it's, it's, you're just risking a lot of heat stroke and, and heat injuries. And, and for the most part, it's not worth it. Uh, we have a lot of livestock, and we are, are doing all that we can to, to assist them in coping with this very, very difficult heat. And um, 
we've had uh, friends that that have had losses because of the heat, and and knock on wood, we we we're doing okay. Um, but we have we've got brand new uh, brand new baby pigs that are a few days old, and and same thing, brand new uh, baby bunnies that are a few days old that uh, are pretty stressed, and um, so you know it's 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 causing a toll in a lot of people in the valley. One of the interesting things about this this heat wave is that it's it's causing solar companies to pull their people off of the roofs and and stopping solar installs because it's just too hot for for crews to be up there safely, especially on metal roofs. Um, and, and this is a little frustrating to me because I've got a, a solar system that's due to be installed next uh, next month. And uh, this will probably be pushed back because of the projects ahead of mine are going to be pushed back. And, uh, you know, it's just another example of an extreme world where anything can and, and will happen. The good thing that about times like this is that if you're a keen observer, you'll see the stress points of your, your self-sufficiency or your preparedness levels. And and you could hypothetically put yourself in more extreme situations and, and start to develop a list of things that you should probably get take, get taken care of while you have access to, to hardware stores and, and basic things like that. There are critical parts shortages of just about everything in random areas across all industries in, in America. And, and this is due, in fact, that every single container ship and every, every single container ship that floats, for that matter, and, and every available container are stuffed to the gills coming to, to America because there is so much money that is just being spent on, on a scale that is unprecedented. And it is impossible to ship in enough things to meet the demand of the American consumer right now. And, and that is a, a shocking perspective. This is having the effect of gumming up the entire supply chains. We have cargo ships waiting offshore. And, and at first they, they ride it off to COVID or other things like that. But in reality, it, we're, we're spending funny money like crazy because the government just keeps printing it and throwing it out the window and, and we turn around and, and spend it. So that being said, nailing down those uh, capital uh, projects and, and things that you've put off and, and worked towards, it now's the time to, to put the, the final, final stages on some of those things um, in, in action because there, there's so much instability that you just don't know what you're going to be able to do or not do in, in the future. So if, if you were going to build a house, then, then building a house would be, be a good thing to do. Um, if you were going to remodel your kitchen, well, it'd be a, a good time to do it, considering you know getting appliances uh, can have a two- to three-month lead or more, depending on, on specialty items. Um, you know, it's it, the days of just being able to, to open the computer and say, yeah, I like this appliance, uh, put it on the cart and ship it to me are, are fading. And that's simply because the, the reserve capacity is, is just gone. 
and we're we're selling and consuming and purchasing far more things than our system has ever been designed for. And um, what happens when the merry-go-round stops? We all need to think about that. In some ways, our economy is going through its own massive, unprecedented heat wave right now. It is absolutely packed to the gills and steaming along at full beyond capacity. And and the hangover from this is going to be pretty darn huge. But there are going to be some benefits when it when it all does slow down. At some point in time, after a people or a group of people have had pretty much whatever they wanted, there's there's a realization that in the end, stuff is just stuff. It's all worthless in the end. Most things are disposable. They can make your life easy, certainly, but they can also make you miserable when you have excess. So generally, there's a return to, to core values after periods of, of extreme excess. But usually it involves a, a crash or a shock of some sort um, in in our history, the the most recent history that that's held out a, a lot is the the nineteen twenty nine stock market crash. You had the Roaring Twenties um, before, which was just a period of excess and decadence and partying and and uh, a severe lowering of of moral standards during that period of time. And greed was good. Uh, the, the market was going to go up forever. That party did come crashing down, and the party that we've had for 12 years or however long is coming crashing down now. But there still is time to take care of a few last-minute things and to become as self-sufficient as, as possible. And so that is is what I recommend to each of you, is to take on a goal to become self-sufficient take these heat waves and and other extreme and challenging events and put yourself in a situation even worse in your mind and said am i am i ready for for what may may come cuz someday is around the corner and someday has a lot of possibilities for good and also a lot of possibilities for n- negative things or bad and the bottom line that I like to do look at through, or at least the lens that I like to look at things through, is do I honestly trust government to preserve and protect things and keep things stable based on everything that I've just witnessed over the past year and a half, two years? And the answer I have to say is no. So then I have an obligation to become as self-sufficient as possible to provide food and, and substance for my family. And I recommend that each and every one of you do the same things. So do what you can and start doing what you can. Because one day, sometime in the future, we're all going to need to be a little bit more handy in taking care of ourselves. So the first part of this podcast focused on taking care of your government in the second part of this podcast focused on taking care of yourself. The last part of my podcast, I'd like to talk about taking care of your neighbor. 
because one of these days, that neighbor may be taking care of you. Howdy, this is Wade John Taylor. Are you wondering what to do this Independence Day? Are you looking for a family-friendly place to go? Well, consider going to the Cheesaw Radio. On the 4th of July, their family games and entertainment start at 10 a.m. The parade starts at uh, 12.30, and the rodeo follows, usually kicks off right about 1 o'clock or so. They've got lots of crafts and food booths, and they've got uh, events like cow riding, calf roping, uh, typical rodeo things, barrels, uh, bareback riding, um, even a f- few fun things like uh, wild cow milking and uh, the children's chicken scramble. It's a lot of fun, and uh, I recommend getting up there. If you're in the area, I believe there's usually a, a dance, or I hear that there's going to be a family dance of some sort the night before. But either way, um, there's a number that you can call for more information, and that number is uh, 509-476-2792. Uh, admission for kids 6 and under is free, but uh, call the number and uh, find out more information. I'm sure that the they would love to have you up here. And it's one of the fun things to do up in the Highlands while uh, the rest of the world is going a little bit crazy. So if you're in the area, uh, stop in and uh, have fun at the Chisaw Radio. And if you need that number, once again, it's area code 509-476-2792. Thanks again, and have a fantastic day. Welcome back, and thanks for sticking around. If you like what you hear, and you'd like to support us, you can donate any amount. You can do that through our PayPal site. And to find that, go to www.paypal.me forward slash the pamphlet. And that'll take you to our donation page where you can put in any amount and donate. We certainly appreciate it. All proceeds go directly to purchase of paper and ink and keep the copy machine happy so that we can continue to push out these episodes and issues so that the general public has a good understanding and knowledge of our true history and our founding fathers. We believe that through studying the problems that our founding fathers encountered and overcame, you'll find the solutions to today's challenges and problems. Thanks for your support. Let's get right back to it. So in this final segment, I want to talk a little bit about taking care of your neighbor or being prepared to take care of your neighbor. Now, there's a lot of individuals who who are preparing for a lot of challenging emergencies. And of course, they have enough to take care of themselves and their family and that's a fantastic thing. But I'm going to throw a few reality checks into to some people who have never been into challenging situations before. And here's something to think about. Most people have a heart. And most people have a difficult time with that. 
when faced with starving children, starving mothers, starving little girls, and starving little boys. Those sort of things really, really play on you when, when they're at your door. And you don't sleep very well at night if you haven't made provisions to take care of certain things like that. Now, there's a lot of ways to, to ensure that, that you have external uh, means of, of providing things so that you don't let people know exactly what you have. And you should always have extra set aside for random family members that might show up, random old friends that might show up, or just a stranger whose car happened to break down right in front of your your house when everything fell apart or when a tornado hit or the earthquake came through or the whatever it was that that caused the an urgent situation and that car might have a, a family and, and a pregnant woman and labor and other things like that that you just don't don't count on now a fool would would turn the individual away with without a thought now first you've got to you've got to size a few things up and and make some judgment calls about uh, who and and what you're going to help now the general rule of thumb is if you can provide assistance for those who would utilize that assistance to better themselves and enable them to to reach a certain degree of self-sufficiency then that's the best energy that you can expend if you're providing life support to someone or, or a group of individuals who are already doomed, it can make you feel a little bit better to send you on their way, but they won't go far and, and they'll be back again and again until you have to make some, some really difficult decisions. You're better off dealing with those decisions early on. So what does that leave you? That leaves you with a lot of good-intentioned individuals who, who, given the right assistance or nudge in the right direction, would, would become valuable members of the, the society or, or will continue to, to help you through your emergency. Um, now, all that being said, it's critically important that you do a lot of help in your neighbor before the situation gets out of hand or an emergency happens in your area. That means you need to get to know your neighbors. You, you got to get to know the ones that, that want to get to, to know you. And those who are, want to ignore you or are a little bit closed-minded, then pay, make note of that and respect their, their individual liberty and freedom. But certainly identify those people within your community who are like-minded individuals who are striving to be able to take care of themselves and start to work with them, trade animals back and forth, help in, in labor one with another, develop relationships with them and their family and trying to find ways that you can help each other. And what you'll find is you start building a community. And that community is gonna be incredibly, incredibly necessary in the months and years ahead. So taking the time now to develop it is in all of our best interests. So when I'm saying helping your neighbor, 
I want you to think about those those times ahead where things are really critical and people need some life-saving help. Absolutely. Plan for that. But more importantly, start to develop your network of friends and neighbors now who are like-minded, who are willing to, to help one another, because you're all going to need each other during a time of disaster or general disorder or other challenges. Whenever there's shortages of critical things, Neighbors can come together and, and help each other weather short-term things really easily and long-term things a lot easier than they are. So please consider your neighbors and what you can do to work with them and better your relationships now. I know in some areas and some communities that sort of thing is frowned upon and most people pretty much keep to themselves. Well, I'm sorry if you live in such a neighborhood where those things are ingrained everywhere because those sort of communities are going to suffer the most in difficult times. So you might want to consider moving to a kinder, gentler neighborhood or at least one where you have a few people that you can work together because you're going to need each other. If you think you're Rambo and you can take on the universe all by yourself, go on. Um, have fun with it. But it is more enjoyable and a bit easier when you have friends and neighbors who are like-minded, who you can share some common ground with. And I don't mean by leeching and mooching one off another. I mean genuinely helping each other out with a selfless attitude and not taking advantage of, of other individuals' generosity. That's what's needed, and that's what's desperately needed in, in the coming weeks and months and, and years. So, so please take the time now to, to make your last-minute preparations and, and your last-minute friend preparations. Get your neighbors, friends, family, get them up to, to snuff. If you got a, a little bit extra and everything's taken care of, um, Send a friend a 24-hour emergency pack or something like that. You know, it's, it's, never, it's, it's never too late to, to give somebody that extra edge that, that may just end up uh, saving their life someday. So pass it forward. Help your friends and neighbors. And maybe one day, they may be the individuals who save your life. And with that, I'm going to cut and run. You folks have a fantastic day when you wake up and get this podcast. God bless you, and God bless those who love liberty and freedom.